Welcome to the Going Beyond Podcast with Randy Zinn, founder of Beyond Mom. This is a podcast dedicated to inspiration, empowerment, and confidence for women on the journey to selfhood and self-love. Get connected with our expert interviewers, soulful conversations, and deep dive discussions with visionaries, survivors, creators, and movement makers. For moms and women alike, these conversations will spark you to live the empowered life you deserve. And now, join our host, Randy Zinn, as we go beyond. Well, hello and welcome to Beyond Moms podcast. We're in the process of renaming. So when this podcast episode comes out, we're going to see what it's called. But either way, you're here with Randy Zinn, the founder of Beyond Mom. I'm really, really, really happy to be opening up to what I know is going to be a fantastic conversation today with my friend, one of my greatest inspirations, Patricia Moreno, she's the founder of the Intense Sati Method and Sati 365. Um, she's officially the only person I've ever interviewed twice on this podcast, <laughs> um, which means I love her and we never stop having things to talk about. Um, so Patricia is not just all the things I said. She is truly a leader in helping people reconnect with how amazing they are as individuals. She is a mom of three girls. She connects with so many people because she's just so incredibly authentic. And that's why conversations with her are ones I'm always wanting to have. So hi, Patricia. Hi, Randy. I love that I'm like the only double you've ever interviewed and I really appreciate it because I love what you're doing and I think that it's just such a gift to be able to be having these conversations with you and to kind of open up our hearts and minds to the the power it is to be a mom well thank you and I think like every time I have you around I'm always like okay so listen I watched Patricia from afar for a long time and then I approached her at a spin class and I was like I need to talk to you and you talk to me and like, that's where it all began. Um, <laughs> but I, I just love that. And I think another wonderful thing about our relationship, which is just like, to me, the most fun is that in one conversation, we go back and forth between our work and what's inspiring us and the challenges. And then we're like talking about the shit with our kids and what's going on and like recipes recipes and um but that's what um that's what I love about hanging out with amazing visionary moms so yeah I love it too because I have to tell you this this is something I don't know if I when I got into being a mother if I knew the challenges it was really gonna face me with. I really didn't know. So I think we need these kinds of communities and conversations because, you know, we all want to do a good job at the most important job we have in our lives. And we really, really need these kinds of conversations. We do. So, you know, I think of where I just want to reflect a little bit upon upon my experiences, uh, being in your midst professionally and you know, attending your classes and your workshops and hanging out at Soul Camp and that everything that you do comes down to your desire 
for women and people to know that they have everything that they need and that they are whole on the inside, that they are good enough, that they're beautiful in every way possible, and it comes out in everything that you've created and shared. And what, you know, when we sort of set out to, to kind of hone in on, you know, what are we talking about today in conversation number two that's recorded, um, you know, it really came out that you really wanted to speak to women in particular who are raising children and really have a conversation about our mindset and our self-care and our self-love and our bodies and really opening up the discussion to the fact that this is not something that's just about ourselves, about us, that we're raising little people and to kind of really open up a dialogue about that relationship. Yeah. I, you know, I'm really, do believe that when we're raising kids, it is uh, a great opportunity to kind of look at ourselves and from a really loving place, start to look at what is it in us that we really do consciously want to hand on, right? So I have this conversation with my wife sometimes, like, what is it about your parents? What is it that your parents taught you that you would like to make sure you hand down? And we talk about things like, uh, kindness and integrity and keeping your word, like all of the things. And we all are a mixed bag, right? And then what are the things that we don't, we want to be conscious not to hand down and, and doing it in a really uh, mindful and kind way. And I personally, this has been my mission, like dealing with the body and self-love. And I've gone through so many ups and downs in this conversation, even though I've been in the fitness industry really all my life. I started teaching when I was 16. And I think since I've had children and actually since I've stopped teaching on a regular basis, I've really started to witness how much more we work. I personally needed to do how, when my body started to really change, um, how much trauma it was really waking up in me and how fat phobic I was and how even though I had healed an eating disorder and um, an abusive relationship with basically exercise, over-exercising and misusing drugs to manage my weight, that I saw, I actually saw another glimpse into how deep this fear of our how we look and how especially me my body uh still was there and still needed some healing and so I've reached when I reached out to you with that letter and I reached out to other people I reached out with an urgency of feeling like this conversation is something we really need to have because I think it goes under the radar and I think there's really a lot of us that feel a lot of fear about our appearance our weight, how we look. And if we really want to heal and have the next generation be more empowered in this conversation, it's a great time to start to think about it when we have children, because we're also faced with our body does change after that. And we have to be honest too, that when we age the the 20 year old body and metabolism and everything is just not the same. So how do we not go into a whole uh, self denigrating conversation and pass that on to our kids. Okay. So how do we not do that? (laughs) Uh, I think we have to really get honest and open about how much we have taken on. I call it the trance of unworthiness that we see our body as our social currency. 
and so much. I mean, how many times people come to class and they're obsessed with the five more pounds or this little piece or one more inch on the thighs and this kind of this narrow focus on body parts and this narrow focus on on weight and wrinkles. We have to open that up and start to really identify ourselves as not just physical bodies, body parts, but really a human being and our emotions and our talents and our gifts and the fit, what we have to really offer to the world besides being an ornament or a body that is just meant to look a certain way. Because I know the people that I've worked with over the years have really, really been obsessive and compulsive and dieting and restricting and over exercising and I think finding that that middle road where of course exercise is important and of course how we feed ourselves matters but where is it coming from is it coming from a state of fear is it coming from a feeling of um unworthiness and the way that I noticed it for myself was I had so many things. I had like a knee injury. I had adrenal fatigue. I stopped teaching six hours a week plus my own workout. Like I went to zero. And even though my food was like what I consider healthy, um, I, I was gaining weight, body changing, cellulite showing up, like all these things seemed to happen at once. And I was literally in what I felt like post-traumatic stress disorder. I could cry. Like I, I literally I cry because it's it was so intense and so scary and so um so just self denigrating and I really re I remember I was at in, we were in Brazil and we were getting ready to go to the beach and I went to the gym first because I was, I just was in this panic of having to put a bathing suit on and realizing that, you know, my life had changed and I wasn't going to be this fitness person that my whole entire life revolved around three and four hours of exercise a day anymore. And I didn't want to do it. I couldn't do it. My body physically couldn't do it anymore. And that left me with the real um, facing the truth about what am I going to do if I decide never to go on a diet again? What? And I just made this decision. I'm never going on a diet again. I am never going to wake up with the goal to lose weight again. This is not on my goal sheet ever, ever again. Never, because every day of my life, I woke up with a goal to lose weight. And that was whether I was 215 pounds or 140 pounds. Every single day of my life was, what am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? How much exercise am I going to get today? And is that going to be enough to help me shave off a couple more pounds? And when I decided that that just wasn't going to be my life anymore, I had to get really real that there was more here that needed to be healed and how really deep this fat phobic mentality goes and how really 
um, detrimental it is to our mental and emotional health. And as mothers, like we have such a beautiful opportunity to, to help usher in a healthier generation and, and wake up from this ideal body mentality, this diet mentality, because one, if it worked, it would be okay. But one tenth of 1% of women that go on a diet actually lose weight and keep it off. One tenth of 1%. That's so small. And so many statistics of women starting and stopping diets five and six times a year. That's like enrolling in a college and then re-enrolling and getting out and re-enrolling in a year. If that was happening in our schools, this would be front page news. But so re- so the media and society and expectations, these are all things we learn. These are not things that we're born with. We're not born with these ideas about our body. We're not. We learn these things. These are things we, we buy into in the media. These are things that people sell us to sell us something they want to sell the diet they want to sell the book they want to sell the cream they want to so they have to instill this fear that you don't want to get on the beach and have any cellulite or summer's coming or you know just be really mindful about what people are selling you and and what they're feeding you to make you want to buy their stuff and that's really a conversation that I am on a mission to have a lot, a lot, because we have to wake up. And and especially those of us that have girls, we have to wake up. We have to train them to see them as more than bodies, more than beautiful, more than something to be looked at. And we have to really train ourselves to be the models of that. And it's an individual path, but it starts with awareness. Yeah, Patricia, thank you for sharing that. And for, I love that you always cry, like, because, you know, what it rem- no, I love it. I love it. Not always, but that you are always, though, no, that you're willing to cry, because I think that that shows, it shows how deeply you feel this and that your motivation comes from your own awareness and pain. And, and that just, I mean, I know you and I watch you in action, but how much you give that to the people in your midst. And that is just so real. And that's where change happens. So thank you for that. Um, the other thing, you know, that's really interesting. There's, there's a lot of things coming to my mind as you're speaking. Something that's been coming to my mind recently. Um, I, I want to say that for myself, I feel like I've had a fairly, I want to say fairly positive relationship with my body. Um, meaning I, I never did suffer from an eating disorder. Um, I consider myself lucky because I was a dancer and I was surrounded by it left and right. Um, I was not a traditionally skinny person, though I was never overweight. Um, so I sort of always like somehow coasted through without getting really negative on myself. But I'm still a woman in the United States, so for sure – there's awareness of body parts and what I won't show, what I'm embarrassed to show, what motivates me to work out, um, how far I'll push my body. Um, that stuff is definitely there. Uh, definitely noticing my own relationship to, oh, wait, what are those lines on my forehead? Um, am I, should I not smile so much? Wait, what? 
should I not smile so much? Like, <laughs> I hope I'm smiling forever. Um, but yeah, what are those lines and why am I suddenly noticing that? And we are all part of this culture. Um, but another thing that has like really come up for me recently that feels very related to what you're saying, um, you know, Patricia, I've like battled, it seems like for the past couple of years with pain. Um, you know, years and years of using my body in certain ways, uh, pushing past some limits, um, two babies, of course, and then some age thrown in. And all of a sudden there's pain and I've had to adjust what I do, when I do it, how I do it, how often. Um, and I've had a recent realization that I'm committed to always moving my body because I've always just loved movement, but I'm not willing to be in pain anymore. And so I have to be willing to love myself enough to not put myself through pain for some kind of ideal or some kind of idea of like, you know, what it means to be you know, a girl who's in fitness or a girl who works out or a girl who's viewed that way or whatever. Because um, I think there's attachments there. So it feels really related to me to what what we're talking about. And I think you're right. I think about, you know, if I'm if I'm willing to push my pain aside and plow through a workout because I think I need to do it, like what am I showing my daughter? What am I saying to her? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's awareness, and it's I think when it triggers a kind of fear, right? Any kind of fear or any kind of. Um, like you said, pushing past things that are healthy, doing harmful things, habits that are harmful because of an image that we want to portray or something that we want to, um, something that want, we want to look better for somebody else or for some other reason, or we think it's going to give us more love or more attention or more success. And these are things that we're just like, they're inbred. And then with the rise of social media, we have this comparison disease where, you know, everybody looks good. Everybody looks happy. Nobody looks like they have any problems. Nobody looks like they're struggling. And it really, even if we think it's not getting in there, it just is because we do it so mindlessly, especially the scrolling through social media, that it is this programming that just because we mindlessly, we don't reject it. We don't talk back to it. We don't say, oh, I'm comparing. I wish I did. Okay, stop comparing. Turn it off. It's this, this unconscious conversation we have that goes on in our mind that creates this filter. And it really does determine the quality of our life. It really really does. This is not a small thing. This is a major thing because it determines our identity. Our identity drives our behavior and that determines everything from our relationships to our health, to how much energy we have. And I know at least all the mothers that I know, no matter what your goal is as a mother, you take your job very seriously because I think it's just inbred in us. And we all show that and express that in different ways for sure. Um, but I think it's such a great opportunity because sometimes when we're doing things just for ourselves, it's easy to brush off and not, not care for ourselves the same way. But when we understand the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, like it just doesn't, you can talk all you want, but, but, 
they're modeling what they're seeing and even the most subconscious things they are picking up on. They have mirror neurons that just mirror, 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 pick up. And if we really, really care about having the best experience in our life, the best relationships and, and handing on these things that we are want to consciously hand on, um, Turning that love and that nurturing and that compassion and that kindness towards ourselves is essential, essential. And that doesn't mean a number on the scale. It doesn't mean perfect body or skin or hair or clothes or makeup. It's deeper. And uh, that's why I call what I do spiritual fitness because I was so into physical fitness and so much identifying with the outer and how down a rabbit hole that took me that we need spiritual fitness. We need this emotional fitness. We need to turn love and kindness in on ourselves. And it really needs to be a habit that we have in our daily lives. We have to value ourselves. We have to value our emotion, emotional state, our energy, and understand that that's what kids really, really pick on. Pick so, up on. Yeah, I mean, so this is where I know what you've created um, with Intense Sati and more recently Sati 365 is like providing people a process every single day to begin that, quote, spiritual fitness program. Like, because the things that we're talking about here are so profound, actually, and so deep and therefore can feel, I think, to most people kind of overwhelming to even step into a space of like, okay, you know, yeah, I want to love myself more. I want to treat myself with more kindness, but how the heck do I do that every day? Um, so I know that you set out into giving people that ability um, with, you know, your hand in theirs and to say like, okay, let's take the first baby steps and like every day begin this discipline. Um, so for the people listening to this conversation, like, can you give us a little bit of these small beginning ways that we begin to kind of steer that self-love and that compassion back toward ourselves? Yeah. You know, change doesn't happen um, by chance, right? Change doesn't happen by chance. And that has to be the first thing we have to remember. It happens by choice. It happens by decision. It happens because we wake up a real deep driving desire. We have to fan this flame of desire to be happier, to love ourselves more, to model something that we wish was modeled to us. However words you want to put, it's very, it's a very individual conversation that we have. It's just wherever your pain is, your pain is your power. Your pain is your power because it's a wake up call. So my wake up call was really getting like after I stopped teaching and I had that time in Brazil, how like loud the monster was in my head, how mean, like I literally heard when I heard myself say, I would rather not be alive. I went, are you fucking kidding me? Whose thought is that? What? Where? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because of my weight, like I saw, I felt, I realized how big and deep 
and dark this was and that it couldn't go without shedding the light on it over and over and being conscious of this conversation. And so the access to this is really just finding where and really getting clear about um, and I'm going to keep it to body just because that's where we started. And I, everybody has a body, right? Everybody has a body. And as we age, we're going to have to deal with whether it's weight or whether it's aging, how our beauty evolves. And we have to just start paying attention to the kinds of things we say to ourselves and about ourselves and to each other. And are we just sitting around pointing out our wrinkles and our cellulite and complaining about how we're getting old and how we don't like it or what diet we're on or how we're not going to eat this or how we're going to eat that or how we should work out more or how our butt's too big. Like this, it's fat talk. And it, it, we've got to start understanding that at the level of our inner conversations, we want to be more mindful and understand that you can't let the conversation go on in your head that is self denigrating. There is nothing, nothing more destructive, more toxic, more soul sucking than self denigrating talk. And that's about anything. I can't, I don't have enough. It's not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not coordinated and I'm not smart and too fat. This conversation, it's, it's a programming and we are not the program. We are the hardware. That's the software, but we have to wake up enough to understand that that is changeable and we must notice it and actually say this is not allowed just like you know just like you wouldn't have one child of yours talk to another child and say you're fat you're ugly i hate you we wouldn't do that we would say that's not allowed in this family we don't speak like that to each other but you won't have the power and the conviction and the strength to actually make that a reality in your home if it's not a reality in your head. And you have to come back to, in Buddhism, they call it basic goodness, an understanding that everybody comes from basic goodness, from goodness, goodness, wholeness, if the conversations you're having in your head are not matching, that's a wake-up call. That's where you say, whoa, I don't deserve this. I don't want this. This is not an effective use of my inner conversations that will lead me to the quality of health, to the quality of relationships, to the quality of life that I am longing for. Do you think, Patricia, because, like you said, most moms want to do their best, like, you know, across the board, most women just want to do the best for their kids. Do you think that, you know, I've, I've certainly heard people say who really suffer from speaking to themselves so negatively that it's just so hard to stop, like stop for yourself. Do you think that it's a good way to maybe begin stopping is to stop for your children? Yeah, I really do. I think it gives us you know, we have that kind of mama bear thing or, you know, maybe not everybody has that, but it, to some degree, it's innate. I think when you birth a child, unless you've had traumatic circumstances, but let's talk about the general middle of the road. Uh, you know, it's in our hormones. It's in our hormones. It's, 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 it's part of what nature gave us as a way to make sure we take care of our kids. Right. Um, and so we can use that. 
we can. If it works for you, you use it. It doesn't work for everybody. But for me, um, when I heard myself say, I don't want to be here. And I thought, I, I literally, I'm like, again, could cry just thinking about it. I thought, what if my daughter was saying that? What if this was my daughter at 12 years old when her body starts to change and she has these conversations in her head and it just, my heart exploded and I just, and I really cry again because it's so not necessary and it kills the lives of so many people. And if you, if you, if you get triggered, don't do this, but if you're not someone who has an eating disorder or this is not your area, but again, it's a, like a warning, like don't look at this if you get triggered, if you have an eating disorder or something. But if you go on um, Instagram and you do thinspo, hashtag thinspo, you'll see young, beautiful girls that are helping each other be anorexic and their bones and their they're literally putting their hands around their thighs to measure, to see if their fingers can touch. And their hashtags are like depression, ugly, I suck, pro Anna, um, I wish I would die, life's hell. Like dark, dark, dark. How can I, and writing to each other, how can I go and not eat today when I'm going to my family's like, these eating disorder disorders come, come from a real lack of love. They are a cry, a desperate, desperate cry for love. And this is what happens in the extremes. And it, it, and it makes me want to cry thinking about it, especially I think having, I think like having a daughter now, like it's so painful to think about her ever feeling that way about herself when I go there. It's painful. And I, I think we have to take it very, very, very seriously and take ourselves very, very seriously and get a little fucking mad that we have been sold this shit, that we have been bought into this and how much it's claiming our souls, our lives, our days, how many times we don't want to put on a bathing suit because of because of how we look, how many pictures we don't want to take, how many events we don't go to, how awful we feel or depressed or hiding because of the way we feel about our bodies. It is an epidemic and it's something we have to stop. And every single individual, if just takes responsibility for themselves, their own way of taking care of themselves and nurturing themselves and really seeing this is something we're fed. These are expectations. These are sales pitches. We have to get really, really pissed off and say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm claiming my life. I'm claiming my body. I'm claiming my own happiness back. And yes, this might be some work. And yes, it might take the rest of my life to free myself from these kinds of conversations, but it can be done and it only will happen if you decide you've had enough and you're much more worth it. The other thing that thinks that comes right to me is I think about not only all the moments of your life that you're missed, but all the potential you have that's missed because if you were to take, I'm sure the percentage of time, thoughts, hours, energy, passion, all that stuff. Money. And you, yeah. All the stuff that you put toward all the negative self-talk and all the doubt and all the ugly stuff. 
And if that were to be replaced by more great ideas, positive thinking, believing in what's possible, blah, 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 like, oh my God, imagine what could be created. Wow. It's like, and that's why it's a form of oppression, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's, we're it so has me, busy. Yeah. It has me thinking a lot about like, you know, we, we talk about why women have only reached certain places in the workforce and why there's less women owned businesses and why women may, you know, raise less money with venture capitalists. Like, well, I would guess that it has to start with some of this stuff. I mean, how could it not? It it does because it starts with identity. It starts inside as above, so below, as in your mind will be in your life. Your life doesn't happen by chance. It's a reflection of what's going on inside the end, the end, the end, the end. And you know what, what you think, what you say, your attitude, your response, there's a great a great equation, E plus R equals O. You have events in your life. You have things that happen. You don't have control over that. Then you have the R, your response to those events. And whatever your response to those events are is the O, the outcome. Our life is just outcomes. Our entire life is the O. And the only thing that we have 100% control over is the R. That's it. We don't have control of all the E's. We have control of the R, how we react, how we respond, what we say, what we think, what we do, what our attitude, our perception, all of these things. It's the only thing we have total control over. And yet... Very, very, very few people spend any time whatsoever, whatsoever retraining themselves. Instead, people say, oh, that that happiness stuff or that positivity bullshit, like, excuse me, excuse me, hello, what you're saying is, no, I'd rather be negative and I'd rather be stressed and but nobody would rather be. But we have to take it more seriously and understand it's a skill, it's a muscle, it has to be trained, has to be developed. We have to create more awareness and say, that's just not okay. I wouldn't speak to my child like that. I wouldn't speak to my partner like that. I wouldn't let my child speak to another child like that. And we have to understand that that inner conversation is the seed of our life and it requires some attention and yes it's a form of oppression of course if you don't feel good about yourself are you asking for a raise are you asking for a job are you creating a business are you writing that book are you creating a play or whatever it is you want to do that's in your heart if you don't believe in yourself there's not a chance in hell you're going to get very far and that job is yours that is your job. And you I really urge people to make it their number one priority to uplift themselves, to believe in themselves, to love themselves, to retrain that inner conversation and kick it out when it doesn't align with the goals and the dreams that you have for yourself in your life. And the pathway to get there and to doing that, I'm sure there are certain commonalities and I'm sure there's different things that work for different people. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, right? First is a higher level of self-awareness, right? You've got to start with awareness. You've got to be able to catch it. You've got to be able to notice it. You've got to be able to know it's there. So any kind of mindfulness meditation, any kind of take a minute to when your mind is on fire, when you feel, always remember your pain is power. So if you are in a mood, if you're on fire in any way and you can take 
30 seconds to write down everything that's in your head. It's called a mind dump. You literally just from head to hand, you take everything that's in your head and you put it on a piece of paper so you can look at it. So you can actually look at what is in there because what you're thinking at any particular moment that is emotionalized is giving you the feeling. It's activating a state. So if you're in a state that you do not want to be in, start to investigate. Put it down on paper and then ask yourself these three questions. One, what am I thinking? Is it true? It's not three. We'll do four. Is it true? And then you'll be like, yeah, no, I really am a jerk. Or yeah, no, I really like do suck. Or yeah, I really am fat. Uh, is it true? Is it a hundred percent true? Is it a hundred percent true? Is it a hundred percent true? What does it make you how does it make you feel when you believe it's true? What are the kinds of things you do when you believe it's true? And then is the opposite true? Is there another way to look at it that could be equally as true? So then you're, you're, you're interacting with your thoughts, not as truths, but as options, as habits. And as, as soon as you self-reflect, you activate a different part of your brain. You activate the frontal lobe. You ask yourself a question. You start writing down what your thoughts are. You've then become the observer. And when you move into that space, you move into self-awareness. Now you're not just in the thought storms. You're now separate. And you can start to see that these thoughts are now like uh, on a conveyor belt at a grocery store. They're just like passing by. And you're going, no, no, yes, no, yes, no. And just a simple Exercise like that can take three minutes, but it gives you a pause. It says, huh, is this really an effective way for me to get to where I want to go? Is this really true? Can I be 100% sure that this is true? This is the work by Byron Katie. So if any of your listeners don't know Byron Katie, the work, I highly recommend that you check it out because she gives you this model of just asking these questions and it's life altering, but we have to interact with ourselves in the way that we have to remember that we are not the thoughts. Thoughts go on automatic. They're programming, they're conditioning, they're things we've picked up through messages and expectations. And, and we always have a choice and we can retrain ourselves to be kinder, more compassionate, more, believing in ourselves and it's essential if we want our life to improve at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here, Patricia, because it's, it's, it's just moving. And I hope that, that those listening to this conversation can more than anything, just sit with this a little bit, because I think also a tendency is like, when you talk about things like this that are really about the core, deep, sometimes parts of ourselves that can feel kind of ugly and kind of painful, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. we tend to be like, eh, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to numb out a little bit on something. Um, so I hope that those of you listening can really kind of sit with these thoughts and think about themselves and our own habits. Yeah. And there's so many things you can do. Like, as you know, Intensati was created to help us really interrupt these inner conversations and lay the track of new. Like, you can try an Intensati class. If you go to patriciamarona.com, you can get some there. But you can also do something even easier. 
like find on, you can get so much free stuff on the internet guided meditations start your morning with a guided meditation what it's doing is giving you options when you find and you put words and new words and new ideas into your head it's like you need new input to get new output anything just start anywhere anywhere five minutes one minute the writing down if you can just catch yourself in your peak freak out mode about anything it can be about money it can be about your parenting style it can be about your partner when you're in freak out mind dump just put it on the paper so you have an observer's uh, relationship with it and then you go well no wonder i feel like shit look at all the things that are running around in my mind is that true? Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? And then you go, oh, well, no, my whole life doesn't suck. This one minute sucks and I'm calling it my whole life. Okay, that's true. You know, and it's just, whoo, back in the driver's seat, wake up call. That's I, it. And, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important point that I want to stress really quickly here, which is that people kind of think that our mindset and our experiences and our brains can't change, and that's really untrue. Um, our brain, our chemistry, the neural pathways of our brain absolutely can change. Um, I've done a, a therapeutic process on and off for years called EMDR, um, which is precisely based on science that when you go through trauma, your brain creates pathways to cope, which is actually an amazing thing that our body and our brain can do. Wow, it actually can cope. But what it does is your behavior uh, acts as if that coping is like the way to live. And that can be where people have post-traumatic stress and, you know, behavior that's based on hard things that have happened in their lives. And what, you know, this program, what this practice does is it helps your brain process in new ways and create new pathways. Um, and there's lots of things that can do that, intensati being one of them, where you can actually start to do it differently. Over time, the brain can process in different ways. And you can start to hear your talk on the inside of your brain differently. Um, and I think that that's a really important point to make, which is that you can do it differently. You can speak to yourself differently. You can see the world differently. Like we often feel pretty victim to the way that we currently see it, feel it, do it. Mm -hmm. And I also want to, this is so important too, that I really want to reinforce is that you have to remember change does not happen overnight. It's extremely subtle, extremely. So you have to focus more on process versus outcome. That's why if you just find one practice, just find something, anything that you like, anything anything, whether it's a guided meditation, whether it's affirmations, whether you write your own affirmations and you say them every morning or every night, whether it's an intense audi class or an EMDR tapping, anything, pick the thing you like, do it every single day. I don't care if it's one minute or 30 seconds or 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. Consistency is power. Don't look for results. Just focus on process because like a bamboo tree, you plant a bamboo tree, it goes roots down five, six feet before you ever see it sprout. And then after years, it shoots up all of a sudden 90 feet 
because the roots are so deep. You have to deepen the roots. You have to give it time. Don't look for any results. Just say, I commit once a day, one minute a day, 1% better each day. For a year, I am doing this for 30 days, whoever, whatever. But you've got to not look for these quick changes, this massive change of yourself and just go little tiny steps. It matters. I love that. We don't need to be overwhelmed. Like you can just make the commitment and start today and keep going. Yeah. 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 I love and just that. Just go, oops, I cancel that. But here's a great thing to do. You hear yourself going around, I cancel that. Changed my mind. That's not true anymore. Cancel that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry. I'm I mean, sorry. like, Are we you? should use our kids as an example, like how quickly they can pivot, right? Yes. They have yes. this um, ability, like they can be just in the worst mood, the worst state, saying the most horrible things about everyone and themselves. And then all of a sudden, they're like, just kidding. Like, no, let's, let's just have some fun. Let's, let's celebrate something like, I mean, really, like they can seem crazy, but maybe we're the crazy ones. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's for sure. That's for sure. We have to learn from our kids more. We do. We do. Well, Patricia, I mean, so let's do episode three together for the next season. How <laughs> yes, about that? Definitely. Okay, good. So before we say goodbye um, for this go, um, tell everyone where we can find you, follow you. And potentially, if people are really, really called to take this step in a major way, maybe where they can work with you. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, this is really my mission in life, you know? It really, truly is. And I think it's important. And I, I help people in a lot of ways. Super easy, free way is I do a live stream um, every day, 1 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, where I give a pep talk. I always talk about action. I'll give you one actionable, quick, quick thing. So if you need a little inspiration or help or something, like there's so many videos, so many things that are just meant to help you think a little bit differently. Go there. PatriciaMoreno.com. If you want to do an intense sati workout, if you're someone who likes to move and dance and get energetic, try this workout out. It is mind-blowing, literally. And we need the movement with the words, which creates a change. And then if, depending when this is coming out, but in January um, 2019, we're going to start 365 days. 365 days, one day at a time, a 1% improvement for 365 days. And it starts with a morning practice, 10-minute morning practice, a weekly call with me, and a monthly uh, gathering where we set new steps for the next month. And the goal is one goal for the year. Just what's one thing that you really want to go after? What's one thing you really want to create that you'll have, you'll have an accountability coach, you'll have support, you'll have consistency, and it's all being about rewriting these inner conversations so that you're on your own side. So that is what I recommend if you're like, I just, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change. I love that. We'll definitely air this before that so people can be part of it if they want great, to be. Great, yeah, great. absolutely. Well, Patricia, it goes without saying that I love you dearly and I'm grateful to have you in my court and to be able to listen to you speak is always just an honor. So thank you for being here and for sharing with all of us what you're so, so passionate about and making waves. You really thank are. You. 
Thank you. I love you. I love this community. And I love that we get to keep sharing our mothering. And thank you for sharing your recipes. (laughs) (laughs) Patricia's kids think my recipes are magic. They are. They are. They're like, yes. And my kids are picky. But I thank you. And I thank you to everybody who's listening and doing their best to be, you know, it's not an easy job. So I like give everybody a big hug and you're doing a great job if nobody's told you that. And just, you really, really are. And we are the ones that can make this world brighter and better. So thank you. And I love you. Yes. Okay. Well, remember that everyone listening, the change starts with us one light at a time. That's what I always tell myself. And um, after listening to this, I hope you go and do something special for yourself or give yourself a high five, give your kiddo a hug and, and just stay in the positive flow because that's what matters each and every single day. So take care of yourself and thank you for tuning in until next time. Bye. 